Hi team, welcome back to Becoming a Doctor. I'm Kira, a third year medical student at the University of Birmingham. And I'm Lucy, a second year medical student at the University of Cambridge. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest insights about life as a medical student, discuss current affairs and talk to guests to inform and motivate you on your journey to becoming a doctor. Before we jump into this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media at How to Become a Doctor with Dr. Svelte DR, where we'll be posting behind the scenes, doing live Q&As and much more. Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast. So on today's episode we're talking all about personal statements. So we've had quite a few requests to kind of read over people's personal statements and whilst we don't have the capacity to do that and do it fairly to read every one of yours, um, we still want to support you guys. So we've put together this episode containing all of our top tips on how to write a killer personal statement and we literally are going to walk you through all the different parts of it and then share some top tips at the end as well. So first of all, why should you listen to what we have to say, especially when it's seems like everybody and their uncle and auntie are giving personal statement advice these days on social media. Well, Lucy and I have both spent a lot of time tutoring and helping people with their personal statements on summer schools. Um, we've got a lot of insight into what makes a good one and what makes a not so good one. And I think it's also important to focus on what you want to avoid doing as well, um, rather than just saying what you should be doing. So we'll share some of our experiences with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, at university, I read personal statements of people applying. And, and I think that what we want to do is basically talk to you a little bit about the structure of a personal statement, what you should include, because I feel like that's always the hardest part. And also make sure that it just doesn't turn into a shopping list, because some of the worst personal statements I've read are things like, I am a good communicator, but also I'm a team player and I'm a leader. And all of these things will make me an excellent doctor. So please, please take me into your medical school. <laughs> and so that's definitely what we don't want to read when we're reading no. personal statements. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and help you develop the best reflective personal statements possible, because that is what medical schools are looking for. They're looking for people that can look at, back at their experiences and go, what have I learned and what skills has that developed in me? So should we get started? Yeah, let's jump in. To start things off, we're going to discuss a plan. And I think before you all groan and say, oh, I hate planning, blah, blah, blah. Plans are so important, especially when you're writing something as important as this. And you kind of, it's very easy to get carried away. And I'm very guilty of this. I'll start writing and then I'll literally get carried away. And all I've got is 90% waffle, 10% solid gold. So if you start with a plan, that's how you're going to make sure that it's all solid gold and you've got minimum waffle because you've already kind of allocated where you're going to put stuff and what you want to cover. So when I planned, I was a mind mapper. So what I did was look at the universities I wanted to apply to, picked out the skills that they had, and I had a transferable skills table. So if you haven't already, make sure you listen to our transferable skills episode where I talk you through this table and where you should all have one. So I used that table basically where I had a skill and then where I evidenced it. And I did kind of a mind map. So on one prong I had introduction, and that was kind of where I had my kind of main motivations, kind of my overarching reasons for wanting to become a doctor and it like Lucy, Lucy will come on to talking about your first exposure to healthcare and the first thing that made you think actually hang on this this could be a bit of me a career in medicine so that's kind of what I had for my introduction and then for my body paragraphs we'll come on to how you want to structure them but I kind of use that structure to think okay for paragraph one I'm going to talk about this skill this is where I've shown it, or all these are the examples where I've shown it, because often it's not a bad thing to have more than one example if, if you can write about them concisely. 
um, and then link it to where I've seen it on my work experience and then do the same for the other paragraphs and when you've planned it out like that you can make sure you're showing a really a really well-rounded version of yourself so perhaps because I had two work experiences in GPs and one at one at a hospital and I wanted to make sure that I didn't just talk all about my one GP placement in all five of my paragraphs however many I had I wanted to make sure that I had they knew that I didn't just do one work experience essentially so I kind of coordinated it so that when I talk about my hospital thing what I took from that etc and equally with my skills I didn't want them just to think I do lots of leadership stuff at my school I wanted them to know I also did springboard diving I also did synchronized swimming I volunteered for charities you know and that's how you can kind of tick off all the different aspects of yourself in the plan so you're not duplicating and you're really showing as much as you can off in a limited character space um, so I highly recommend planning and then you can work from it and obviously the structure can change around but it's good just to have a base you can work off and one thing I used for my planning was my work experience diaries etc so all of those reflections that we speak about come in so handy when you've when, when you're writing a personal statement because actually you're not really thinking you're not writing anything original as such because you've already done the reflection part you're just organizing it basically yeah and linking what you saw in work experience and the skills the doctors demonstrated to your own skills and where you develop them the links are the most important so i really like this idea of having a table so make sure you mm -hmm. get one column that says the skill Another column where it says where you developed it and how you developed it, really dissecting that skill. So not just saying communication, but talking about active listening, compassion, empathy, all of those sub skills that play a massive part in communication. Then you can have another column about where communication or the skill is important in medicine and talking about how a doctor demonstrated that skill. Instead of just saying communication again, make sure you really delve into what the doctor or another healthcare professional was actually doing. And then at the end of it, link it back to your application and why you're going to be a good doctor. Those are your columns and it's all available on our personal statement handbook. So make sure you check that out if you're getting a bit lost. Listen to the episode on transferable skills. Stop plugging yourself, Kira. <laughs> it's just so good. Like, I wish I had it personally when I was doing it. That's all. I just think it's helpful. Anyway, we'll jump into the next part. So when you're thinking about writing your personal statement, the other thing that you might want to consider doing is using some buzzwords or medical jargon. Now, you don't want to go too far either way so you don't want to use no buzzwords but you equally don't want to fill your your personal statement with so many that no one can understand it it's not bingo <laughs> could you imagine if they're with a dog like okay we have to get all these buzzwords bingo. <laughs> so buzzwords which ones can we think of including now there are quite a few that you should include but equally it's up to you and it's about your experiences these buzzwords have to be relevant to what you've done so don't, don't just try and include them for the sake of it. So some buzzwords might be something like person or patient-centered care. They might be multidisciplinary teams, holistic, making sure you include all of the elements of a patient's care. So biological, social, psychological, all of the different elements. That's biopsychosocial care. It's really important and you learn about it a lot at medical school. Also things such as whistleblowing. There's so many different buzzwords and you'll find a lot of them on the internet. So if you can use some of these words, it can really help signpost the admissions tutor 
that you have an experience and that you have an insight in medicine because these are words that you gain from doing work experience and they're really important and this is where your plan comes in because you could try and make sure that instead of all, all your buzzwords going in one paragraph you can kind of make each paragraph buzzy in its own right buzz 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 love it okay i think that's it and we can jump on to actually the introduction so first of all what are personal statements and why they're important for medical school Okay, so you might hear a lot of people talking about other courses and saying that they need to defend their academic potential and talk about their A-level choices and why they chose them. And that is a really, really bad trap to fall into for medicine because it's a completely different ballgame. Medical schools want to hear why you want to be a doctor and why you're suitable for that career, not why you chose to do biology, chemistry and maths, because those are the most common Mm -hmm. A-levels that everyone does. So let's focus less on why you're the best person in your class and talk more about why your love of science and your personal attributes of compassion and empathy are going to make you the best doctor possible and to improve patient care. Exactly. I think the key is in the name where it's called a personal statement versus a factual statement. They can find out your, uh, your, your subject choices from the UCAS form they can find out if you're a good student if you're studious from your teacher's references so what I'd say is you need to use this to sell yourself you know you're not only saying why you're good now but you also need to show that you've got potential and why you're going to make a great doctor I think part of that is being malleable being flexible and showing these skills that are transferable to transferable skills bing boom um and make sure you listen to our transferable skills episode as well because that'll definitely help you with this um you need to demonstrate why you've got these skills and it's those skills that i think people that are reading personal statements are really looking for and again it's not just listing them in a shopping list because that ain't gonna fly you need to really be demonstrating why why and how you've developed them it's more the how than the what absolutely by this point, I think you're all thinking, well, how on earth am I supposed to write it? Lucy, Kira, give us your insight. <laughs> so let's get started by the introduction. Now, oh, the hardest part I found the introduction is so hard to write. I know. So if, if you are, if you do sit at your computer screen staring at that blank word page, then don't be afraid to skip the introduction to start with and focus on your body paragraphs. But just for ease, we're going to focus on the introduction at the start of this episode. So... A lot of people will like to talk about their first healthcare exposure. Now, when I say that, I don't mean the first time you visited your GP or I'm not expecting you to have an awful personal history where you've spent a lot of time in hospital because medical schools understand that not everyone decided they wanted to be a doctor because they spent a lot of time in hospital. It might have been something else. So what I mean when I mention first healthcare exposure is I want you to talk about when did you first notice that a doctor was kind of cool? And what is it that that doctor did that made you think it was cool? So was it you went to the GP because you had a stomach bug and you realised that they collected your signs and symptoms and they made a diagnosis from just a bunch of random observations? That was kind of really cool problem solving, but also they were really empathetic and compassionate to you. And that fusion of science and empathy made you think, actually, those are my attributes and I want to be a doctor because I think it'd be kind of fun. Obviously, you can say that in a nicer Mm. way and you can write it in a 
in a better way <laughs> but that's the general gist of your introduction i like the fact you mentioned about talk about your first healthcare exposure and it's like coming up to the fact that the most interesting things to read are written like stories so you want to be chronologically starting off with okay so this is what kind of i dipped my toe in the water and i thought actually this is this can be something i'd like and then the rest of it the body paragraphs are you evidencing your proactivity and your your desire to learn more and make a considered choice so you're so you're talking about okay this caught my interest and then the rest of your personal statement is giving evidence as to how you've not just gone in there with a bit of interest and you're applying out of interest but you're applying out of interest which you then developed and explored further and now you've come to a, a solid conclusion that you really want to do medicine and that's kind of the process that you need to be taking your whoever's reading it through um, and that's kind of the story you're writing yeah exactly so talk about what happened on this first healthcare exposure and what you saw that you liked and then in your introduction continue developing on this experience so having had your interest caught by this really cool thing that you saw on this first exposure did you decide to do work experience and volunteering to find out more about the life of a doctor and then on that work experience what did you observe what skills what attributes did you see were necessary to be a doctor and then come to a firm concluding sentence of your introduction to say why you decided to do medicine because that's what I really like to read in a personal statement something where at the introduction I'm already convinced that this person really wants to do medicine mm -hmm. maybe saying something like I realized that this aligned with my own attributes and my scienceiness and I have reaffirmed my decision to be a doctor something like that yeah and I, I agree with you there Lucy and I say when even though you come, you're coming to a statement you can't you can kind of say so this initial exposure sparked I don't know, or triggered a cascade of um, me exploring the speciality further and i have come to a conclusion that you know medicine is the one for me and then afterwards you'll say you're going to explain more and um, i think one of the mistakes i made when writing mine was i read someone else's before i wrote my own so they all had like oh when i was younger my person was rushed hospital and ambulance or i saw someone on the street bleeding out and i just knew and i was like literally i'm so blessed i haven't had any of those experiences i felt like oh my god i'm never going to be able to write a good personal statement because i've got no kind of drama or anything to draw people in and i just want to tell you guys it's absolutely totally okay not to have any kind of um experience like that but okay i think how i played it was especially when i was talking at the interview especially was you know i haven't had um, an experience myself luckily with healthcare with medicine etc but what I've done to make sure I make an informed decision is I've done all of this research and work experience and everything and I now feel like I have a much better idea of what career I'd be getting myself into kind of thing so don't panic if you haven't had a um, life or death situation yeah i mean even sometimes medical schools don't like reading dramatic personal statements because they don't want to focus on the fact that there was this dramatic incident and, and there was a life or death experience for you what they want to focus on is that you had an exposure and then you you were proactive and you were committed enough to explore that further and develop your own skills mm -hmm. they're not going to hire you yeah. or take you into the medical school because you've saved someone's life that might be a very very cool thing that you've done but what you will have learnt from that experience is much more important than the fact that you did it. And even if you have had one of those experiences and you want to write about it, by all means do, but it absolutely should not be the whole of your personal statement because you're never ever going to be able to demonstrate the skills and all the other insight that they're looking for. So actually it's not necessarily a bad thing because it'll almost force you to rely and emphasise the other things you've done. So I think let's move on to the body paragraphs and i think one thing i wanted to emphasize is 
in medicine, as medical students and later on as doctors and everything, we'll have to practice evidence-based medicine. So this means that everything we do, everything we recommend, um, has to be based on the best scientific evidence available at that point. And this is something I want you to kind of translate into your personal statements. Everything you write, everything you say, and every claim you make needs to be evidenced by where you've shown it, where you developed it, and really explain it properly. So that actually the interviewer hasn't, like they can't even have a shadow of doubt that you have got that skill because you're evidencing it so clearly and that will stand out it's the people that say they've 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 got a skill and they kind of maybe do a one sentence saying oh i was a swimming coach so i've got great i'm great teacher move on i mean you may well have been a swimming coach you may have been a teacher but i'm not I, I'm, I'm not going to believe you're great if you tell me about how you teach different ages and you have to adapt your communication skills to tailor it to the age of pupils and you've noticed that you know something works well for one age group but not for the other i'm going to believe you a lot more that you've actually considered and you've developed your communication skill yeah absolutely i think what kira is saying there is really important you're signposting a skill by saying teaching or mentoring or whatever the skill may be and then you're dissecting that skill you're not just saying i have good communication skills because that's an umbrella skill. Communication isn't just the ability to speak or write. It's about what you do to communicate well. So break that skill down. Is it the fact that you use nonverbal communication such as gestures? Do you write things or draw pictures? What exactly is it that you're doing to show that skill and show it well? And then once you've done that, once you've evidenced that skill and why you're so great at it, that's when you have to link it. So if you haven't already checked out our episode on how to write a reflective diary, make sure you go to this episode and listen to the seven big questions that the, the GMC ask healthcare professionals to use when reflecting. And what you should do is once you've evidenced your skill, you need to link it to where it's important in medicine. So when have you seen a doctor use that skill? When have you seen a doctor use communication? And what did that doctor do as well? So you can't just say, I saw a doctor use communication when on work experience. What exactly was he doing or she doing at that point? Were they explaining and breaking bad news to a patient? In which case, how did they do that empathetically and compassionately? Did they speak patiently and leave time to address the patient's concerns? What did they do to make that consultation really effective? So once you've done that, you need to link it back to your application. Once you've talked about a skill, you've evidenced it, you've talked about where it's important in medicine, that's when you need to say, I am confident and ready to apply my communication skills to improve patient care as a medical student and doctor. Something like that, something that brings that body paragraph back together to show that you are committed and ready to be a medical student. And this is the only career that would fulfill you and make the best use of your attributes, something like that. Equally, instead of starting with the skill and how you've developed it, what you could do is talk about where you saw the skill in medicine. So talk about where you saw it on volunteering or when you saw a doctor use that skill and talk about how the doctor used that skill. So instead of just saying they were a leader, talk about how they were a good leader. Think about what skills contribute to being a leader. And then you can link that to how you then you recognize the importance of leadership and so you were proactive and decided to develop your own leadership skills mm -hmm. through another thing that you've done and that's why your extracurriculars are so important because some some skills like leadership and teamwork you don't develop from sitting and writing essays or being in a classroom learning things that your teachers are teaching you it's about being in a sports team or things like that so that's why your extracurriculars are so important definitely i really like that and i'd highly recommend that you guys use a combination of the two so instead of writing them all like skill me 
where I've seen it in medicine, linking it back. And, and then I think you should definitely mix it up. So write maybe one like that and then write one the way around, say where you observed it and then flip it back onto your um, your experiences in your own life. And I think that will sound much more um, natural and organic. Definitely. And also it's not just, I think, personal statements. We're talking, there's a lot of stuff you need to be doing in it. And I think maybe you're worrying actually, you know, how am I going to fit it all in? I think it starts with your plan and it starts with prioritizing the skills you want to be showing in it because you might have 20 million skills and I'm sure you all are because you're all very talented, you know, but you need to be prioritizing the ones you want to evidence the most. So there might be some that really, really mean a lot to you. You want to be like, get the list up because often universities have lots and lots of different skills they want you to see and it's like a personal specification so definitely check that out and then maybe if you're applying to if you know the universities you want to apply to which I hopefully you will do when you rise to a personal statement you can maybe cross-reference and see okay so communication comes up in all of them definitely probably want to include that one but maybe there's one that only appears maybe two out of the four universities you're going to apply to that maybe one that might be one that you might miss out on or try and incorporate in another one and that comes up to another point whereby often, like Lucy was saying, communication in itself, it's not just like a one, one thing, you know, to be a good communicator, you have to have empathy, you have to have the ability to listen, the ability to be listen, active listening, compassionate, you know, lots of things come into being a good communicator. And if you write your personal statement and you craft it well, so that you're evidencing those additional things as well, then actually, do you know what? You, you almost don't need to be writing about a million skills because you've kind of got them covered off in some of the bigger ones. Yeah, so if you are wondering which skills to choose, definitely check on the websites for the universities you're thinking of applying to. But a lot of them will reference you to a, a document written by the medical school's council on the key skills and attributes needed to study medicine. So these are included in our handbook on writing a personal statement, so make sure you check those out. But exactly as Kira and I have been mentioning, the main ones include communication, teamwork, leadership, problem solving, your organisation and resilience is another key one that people can often miss because what a university wants to see is that you have a realistic insight into the life as a doctor. So you recognise that there are challenges as well as rewards. But when a challenge comes your way, you're not just going to bury your head under the stand like an ostrich, but you're going to rise to the challenge and you have mechanisms to cope and manage stress. So it's really important to include those as well. So whatever skill you're talking about, remember to back it up both with an example of where you've developed it, really dissecting the skill to talk about exactly what you did rather than just writing communication and then back it up with an example of where it's important in medicine and come to a firm conclusion that you're ready and confident to apply to medical school. Okay. The other thing I just wanted to pick up, I know earlier when you were talking about where you've seen it in medicine, you kept mentioning doctor, doctor, doctor. I definitely think your application should be tailored towards what you've seen doctors doing and the kind of skills that they've demonstrated. But don't be afraid to talk about the MDT as well and other team members that you've seen because we'll come on to later, but MDT is a bit of a buzzword and you definitely want to be referencing it. But again, there's kind of a double-edged sword by you want to be referencing it and you want to be talking about your having awareness of it and the doctor's role within it. But most of your examples should probably be about how a doctor's shown these skills. Um, it shouldn't all be about our communication as I've seen by a nurse or and then the next key talk about how you saw a pharmacist do it. Because ultimately, they'll probably question why you apply for medicine if you keep talking about all these other fantastic disciplines. And um, I guess you're not giving a stronger case for why you want to do medicine. Yeah. I also get quite a few questions about how you should tailor your, your medicine personal statement to 
Oxford or Cambridge. And I think that the skills that you talk about will be relevant at any medical school. And people can get into a bit of a pickle where they try and tailor it to Oxford and Cambridge and make it really, really academic. And that means that all of the other medical schools they're applying to will not like it because it's focused on your academics and not why you have the attributes and skills required to be a doctor. And so if you are thinking about applying to Oxford or Cambridge, what I would do is I would include a paragraph about where you have researched a topic of your interest. Have you done an essay competition? Have you joined a research programme? Have you done a summer school? And it only has to be quite a short paragraph about where you've developed critical thinking, analytical reasoning, problem solving, lots of different skills that are required for research. And what you need to do then is relate it back to medicine again. So talk about lifelong learning, innovation, research, all of those all the buzzwords, <laughs> all the really important things in medicine, because by doing it in this way, you'll also appeal to all of the other medical schools that maybe don't value the academic side so much, because research is important wherever you go to medical school, not just at Oxford and Cambridge. So don't fall into that trap. OK, Yeah, definitely. So we've done our introduction. We've done our body. Practice. <sighs> Good job, guys. Now <laughs> to do the conclusion. So. This, again, can be one of the really hard ones to write, but I think it can really help once you've written your introduction. Definitely. Because what you will do is reiterate what you've learned in this journey through your personal statement. What have you learned? You've developed skills. You've gained an insight into the life of a doctor, but also into the life of a person in the caring profession. You need to reaffirm that through your, through your experiences, you've developed the necessary skills to overcome the challenges in medicine, but that ultimately you recognise that this career is so fulfilling and it would make the best use of your skills that it's the only career you could consider going into. So yeah, it's lots of recapping. So reaffirming, reiterating. And that's because the conclusion is not a place where you introduce new points. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so you need to make sure that you're only referencing things you've included higher up in your personal statement. People also ask sometimes whether you should include thank you. I mean, I personally didn't, did you Kira? No, I didn't because and I, I mean, I don't know that many people that did, to be honest. I think I had, I'd rather talk about me. It sounds selfish. It sounds weird. <laughs> but I'd rather talk about me and just give them even more evidence as to why they should choose me than saying um, thank you. I think it's only something you'd do if you, if you have some character to spare, which I mean, you shouldn't really do if, if, you put, if you put your all into it. But if you want to and you put your mind at ease, then you can. But it's not, not a requirement at all. I always think they know that you're going to be thankful if they invite you to interview. And so instead of wasting characters and saying thank you, it's so much nicer to talk about your skills and why you deserve to be invited for interview than just saying thank you at the end. Okay, so we've talked about the conclusion. And again, yeah, it's literally just, so you've taken them through your story and then if there's any shadow of doubt that they might have forgotten a few things you've mentioned, pick out your key highlights, what you really want them to take away um, and leave a lasting impression and finish on that and finish with confidence again definitely okay amazing and it's basically showing that you've made a considered choice rather than just hopping around the place saying yeah i've got this i've got that i think i'd be good i've got this i've seen it here this is why you should choose me next point and you just keep hitting them with some really quality paragraphs and then they'll be bowled over yeah i think that's a really good point try and stay away from i think because yeah. you don't think you know you mm -hmm. have the skill you can't be unsure because if you're unsure, then your medical school will be unsure about whether to invite you to interview. So yeah. be confident, not arrogant, but be confident yeah. and be committed. 
So once you've done all of that, you've written your first draft, it might be well over the 4,000 characters and 47 line limit of a UCAS mm, It probably will be. <laughs> yeah, I think mine was like 1,300 characters over when, when I first finished my first draft. Now that's absolutely fine. What you do then is step away for a couple of days, come back to it with fresh eyes and think, what can I cut out of this? Where have I been waffling? Have there been any skills that I've repeated or any experiences that I've repeated? Yeah. And that's when you start cutting. You need to be the Jack the Ripper of cutting characters in your personal statement. That's what I got called last year. I'm not going to lie. What I like to do is take a highlighter and highlight each skill. And then, then that way you can identify how many skills and the variety of skills you're including. And then also when you highlight a skill, then I highlight kind of the evidence and then link to medicine. So literally you're making sure and if it's kind of not fitting into one of those categories of what we've talked about earlier, then it's going to be waffle and it ain't, it's not going to be adding anything. So they're the things that can go. Definitely. I think that's a really, really good tip. It's also really nice to go back to that medical schools council's list of key skills and attributes to make sure that you have ticked off all of the ones that they've mentioned where possible. Obviously, you're going to have to prioritise. There might be some that you can't include, but some of them can be better demonstrated at interviews, such as your honesty and insight into your own health. Those can be things that you talk about at interviews. So don't worry too much about not including all of them. Yeah. Okay, so if you do cut anything out of your personal statement when you're trying to get it down to the 4,000 character limit, one of the things I would definitely recommend is copying and pasting all of those things that you're cutting out into a separate document that you're going to then send to your teacher and ask her or him to include in your reference or save it to talk about in any additional forms for the uni. Mm -hmm. For example, Cambridge has an SAQ, which is another little additional personal statement that's about 150 words or something, where they ask you to talk about why specifically you want to go to the University of Cambridge. So make sure you save anything you cut out to write about in those. Yeah, and that's also where it comes into saving versions as well. So I'm a version scale that I have like, I think I had like 20 versions of my personal statement because I didn't want to lose anything that I'd written before. Um, but yeah, like Lucy said, don't underestimate the importance of your reference, especially if, as we've said, personal statements are stretched. I mean, sometimes you can just leave it to your teachers and they'll, they'll write something. But if they're not experienced in writing for medical medical school references, you they probably would appreciate some guidance from you as to what you want them to cover. And that's where you need to be really proactive and on the ball as to what, you, what you've taken out, what's not in yours and what you want them to write about because ultimately duplicating the same thing is going to be a kind of waste of space. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realise that the teacher's reference is as long as your personal statement. So you can get a lot of information in there. So one of the things I would also suggest is arrange a meeting with your teacher and you sit and go through the information on the university websites that provides advice for teachers writing references for students applying to medical school. So make sure you find those pieces of information on the internet and arrange a meeting with your teacher and go through together how you can maximise the use of that reference. Mm -hmm. One of the other things I want to mention is that you shouldn't really abbreviate. So some things like NHS and DNA are okay, but if it's a rare syndrome such as EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, you need to write that out fully. And the other thing is the people that are reading are often admissions um, tutors, etc. And not all of them will have a medical background necessarily. So you've just got to be mindful of that. Okay, so 
A lot of people also this year particularly might be worrying that they haven't got any work experience. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the worries that I really want to quash is that you definitely do have an insight into medicine, even if you haven't been on a clinical work experience placement, because insight isn't just defined by going on work experience. It can be gained from talking to a doctor, talking to medical students, reading a book, watching a docu-series. It can be gained through so many different forms of media. And I think it's a really common misconception that Kira's laughing at me. What's I'm laughing because because when you said about the TV series, it just brings back a memory for me because alongside my my work experiences and etc., one of the things that I really liked was watching Colby City. <laughs> and I almost wrote about it in my personal statement. <laughs> and then my teacher was like, yeah, no, Kira, that's not going in there because I guess that was kind of interesting, but it wasn't, I completely understood it was a false depiction of what it's actually like to be a doctor. But it just made me laugh because again, now when people tell me, some people like just write about things and say, oh, on, on episode number seven of Colby City, I was sat at home eating my popcorn and I just knew, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So maybe that's not the way to write about wider wider reading, not necessarily like TV shows, wider reading, but maybe Lucy, I'm not the best person, obviously, to talk about, talking about wider reading. So you can take this. <laughs> so yeah, I think Kira is right that maybe we don't want to use some drama TV programs such as Grey's Anatomy. No matter how much you love McSteamy and McDreamy, we're not going to talk about them in our personal statements no matter how much it might be true about influencing your decision to study medicine. Mm -hmm. Instead, what you can do is you can talk about the skills you've developed and link them to where you've read about a doctor or watched a doctor on a documentary use that skill. So there's loads and loads of different resources around. There's also the online work experiences such as Observe GP and BSMS's online work experience. And they will show skills and they will take you through reflections on those skills. So make sure you are using them and you can reference them as online work experience. You've still done work experience, even if it's been remote and virtual. So don't be afraid to include those because they definitely do count and they definitely still show an insight into medicine. And if you don't believe me, make sure you do check the websites of all of the medical schools because they have released guidance saying that they understand that work experience was really difficult to gain this year because of coronavirus. So please do not worry. And also, people can go on work experiences and take absolutely nothing away. For example, if you're kind of, I don't know, it depends on the quality of your work experience, but sometimes they can be not very insightful at all and you're almost better off potentially not doing that. And it depends on the type of person. If you go there, you don't consider, you don't, you're not really reflective when you're there, you're not really thinking about the skills that are going on and you're just there to tick a box. Honestly, if, if you've read a book, a medical book, and you've got really great insight from that, you're probably in a better position to write about it than someone that's done work experience and hasn't really gone with the right attitude and approach. So really, I wouldn't worry. Okay, a few more tips are just to read your personal statement out loud, because I find it so much easier to identify mistakes and grammatical errors when I'm reading it aloud, because my brain actually has to read the words rather than skim them. So it's the best way mm. to check that it makes sense. And you can always think can this be said in a simpler way or in fewer words because that's how it's going to help you write your personal statement down also one of the things I really like is rather than saying a career in medicine or life as a doctor it's when people actually relate to what doctors actually do which is look after patients improve their quality of life and make a difference so maybe try and 
try and keep relating it back to the people you're going to have a positive impact on rather than just saying a career in medicine you're talking about the impact on others rather than the impact on yourself kind of yeah exactly it's taking it away from you and benefiting you because you're going to be a cool doctor and it's returning it back to making a difference to other people because you're caring oh yeah and then just reiterating what i said earlier please do not read other people's before you start even planning your own so this was a bit of a long episode but we hope all the information shared was really helpful and you feel a bit more confident in how you're going to be writing your personal statements moving forward maybe if you're not in year 12 writing your personal statement right now it's really good to think about these things as soon as you can so you can collect or i say collect it's not pokemon you can um, develop the skills as you're going um, and really keep in mind why it's really important to reflect as you're going. Yeah, particularly because some summer schools also ask you to write a personal statement when you're applying. So I know a lot of the Oxbridge or the Sutton Trust summer schools for medicine ask you to write your personal statement for that. So this is also a really helpful episode if you're thinking about applying to a summer school that needs you to write exactly why you deserve to go. Definitely. So in summary, a personal statement should be just that. It should be personal. It should be about your story. It, it can't be a carbon copy of someone else's you found on the internet and you've just tweaked a few parts. Um, it really needs to be personal to you. The second point is failing to plan is planning to fail. If you have a strong plan, you're going to have a strong personal statement. And if you make sure you're taking off everything you need to achieve in your plan and you cover that in your personal statement, it'll be much easier rather than having to tweak a massive 4,000 character beast. Um, you can tweak the plan to make sure you're, you're going to go far. Absolutely. So then we mentioned how if you're struggling to write your introduction, it's absolutely fine to put those body paragraphs together first, because it is quite a lot easier to think about how you've developed skills that mean you're going to be a a good doctor than justifying how you were first motivated to consider medicine as a career. Definitely. And once you've done that, you can start by thinking about writing your introduction. So when was the first time you ever thought, oh, I quite fancy this whole doctor thing? And then write about it, write honestly, write with truth, because honestly, when people are reading your personal statement, they will be able to tell if what you're saying you really mean. So don't try and write something you think people want to hear. Write about what is true to you Mm -hmm. and be personal. It's always coming back to that personal statement. Definitely, because uh, even in some interviews, they have a station where you have to kind of talk about your personal statement. So if you write about something or you really, really dramatise it and then they ask you about something and you're telling them basically a completely different story to what you've written, you know, you're going to be pulled up on that. And then the last two points are you want to convince them with evidence as well. So it's not just writing persuasively, again, because you don't really want to dramatise things and go over the top. You just need to be honest and the evidence and the way you write about it convincingly will kind of carry through and show them that you're the best person to be a medical student out there at medical school. And then finally, you want to finish on a punchy conclusion, one kind of final statement as to why they should choose you. And again, with this, I don't think... You should really never be trying to put other people down and say, I'm the best compared to other people. But just really sell yourself and focus on, you know, this is why I'm good. Don't even mention other people. All right. Well, massive good luck in writing your personal statement, guys. You've got this. Absolutely. Let us know if this helps and do tag us if you're writing your personal statements, except we'd love to see how you're doing. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did find it helpful, please do share this podcast with others who may also benefit. Make sure you hit subscribe to be notified when our next episode is released and leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at how to become a doctor with Dr. Spelt DR for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes content and to stay up to date with all things how to become a doctor.
Don't forget to follow at MedicMentor2 to learn more about other opportunities to enhance your application. Please do comment under the Instagram posts for each episode if you've got any thoughts, questions, things you like, things we could do differently and what you'd like us to talk about next because we obviously want to do everything we can to support you and let us know and we are very receptive. That's all, so take care guys. Have a good one. Bye!